Hey, Missio. I think we've all had these moments. Uh, they're from now on moments. And so maybe it was in junior high, the first time you picked up a basketball or a football or your track shoes. Uh, maybe it was the first time your key figures hit the keyboard and you started to code. Uh, maybe it was the first time you played a board game. Maybe it was the first time you saw your future spouse. Uh, for me, I remember the first time that I held my daughter in Katy, Texas in the hospital and realized uh, from this moment, from now on, everything is different. We've got these moments for good, uh, some of them for bad, but moments when we realize that all of life will no longer be the same. And what we're going to talk about today is what we talked about on Sunday, and it's Peter's from now on moment, uh, when Jesus invites him to be a disciple. And I hope from this teaching, we can look at how we together uh, follow Jesus as his disciples. This is our identity. This is who we are. This is who we've been invited in and commissioned out to be. Listen in, and we'll talk about it for just a few minutes. Uh, we are disciples of Jesus, aka apprentices, aka learners. Uh, that is, none of us come into the faith knowing all of what it looks like to follow Jesus, but each of us needs to take time as we process through life, submitting all of life to the Lordship of Jesus. We talked about how from Luke 5, Peter's almost a uh, exemplar of what it looks like to follow Jesus. Um, and Luke's going to set him up that way through his whole gospel. Though we're not going through the whole gospel, I, I did want us to key in this story. So Luke 5, let me just read it again. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennaraset, the people were crowding around him, listening to the word of God, uh, preaching that good news message. And he saw at the water's edge two boats there left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets, meaning that they were done work for the day. They had already clocked out. He got into the boats, one belonging to Simon, uh, a.k.a. Peter, and asked him to put out a little bit from shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he finished speaking, he told, said to Simon, put out to the deep and let down the nets. Simon answered, uh, Master, we've worked all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. So he, Jesus speaks into something that Peter would have been very competent in, but had already experienced failure at. Uh, he had been fishing all night, and here's the preacher man, maybe a carpenter, and he decides to tell Peter how to fish. And so if you've ever been around fishermen, that's not usually accepted practice, but Peter says, all right, all right, you're, I'm going to do what you said. And so he puts the nets out. And when they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Miraculous catch, unbelievable miracle. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees, and he said, Get away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Imagine this, boat full of fish. Peter locks eyes with Jesus, realizes the man behind the miracle, and says, I am a sinful man. There is no way... I can even compare to you. He sees himself rightly in light of who Jesus is. He started off saying uh, master or this general teacher, but then he switches to calling him Lord, Curios, the one who is above all. He saw something in that moment that was far beyond just a mere mortal, but he realized there was something far more powerful at work in this man. He had just heard his message, uh, which if we know anything about Jesus, included the gospel, right? Good news, the kingdom of God's here. And then this miraculous catch of fish just makes Peter completely reorient where he's at and say, man, I am sinful. Uh, it looks a lot like what happened with Isaiah when he was in the temple, Isaiah 7, right? And the, the train of God's glory filled the temple and he just said, man, I'm a man of unclean lips. Uh, sometimes we feel this pressure when we realize the holiness of God and realize we don't measure up and we almost want some distance from God. But what Jesus does next is what he does for us as well. 
He hears Peter say it. He looks at him. He knows that he and his companions are astonished at the catch of fish they are taking. So James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the partners. But Jesus doesn't say to Simon, all right, you're right, you are sinful, get out of here. He doesn't say, yep, you have failed, you don't have enough faith, you're going to struggle with this, get out of here. He looks at him in the eyes, full of grace like he always does, and says, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their nets up off on shore, left everything, and followed him. Discipleship necessarily means following Jesus. I know this might seem like a very fundamental fact, but we have to realize that all of our lives need to submit to the Lordship of Jesus. There's no other way to be a disciple. We don't get to bring our agendas, ask Jesus to bless it, and call that discipleship. But the act of following Jesus means that we start to evaluate all of our life's decisions in light of how they affect our relationship with Jesus. What do I mean by that? I mean, if you... Uh, feel the fervor for Jesus being swelled up by something, you want more of that. If you feel your heart being inflamed, love growing, and a desire to be closer to Jesus, you want to feed that thing. But if there's anything in your life, a relationship, a hobby, a pastime, anything that seems to dull your affections for Jesus or strip your attention from what matters most, uh, the invitation of this text is to Follow Jesus, not follow your own whims. Follow Jesus, not follow your own way. Follow Jesus, not follow your own wisdom. A second thing that we see in this text is not just that discipleship is following Jesus, but that it's following Jesus together. What we realize in this story is that it's not just Peter who responds to the call of Jesus, but he has friends who do the same. And these friends would walk with Jesus, walk with Peter uh, for the next three years and beyond also being mesmerized by the grace of God, being overwhelmed with the glory of the good news of the gospel of the kingdom, dealing with defeats and sorrows and sadness and sickness and even death together as disciples of Jesus. And so you follow Jesus, you follow Jesus together, and then you follow Jesus together on his mission. Peter's commissioned out, right? He says, from now on, you're gonna fish for men. Uh, he says, from now on, your role is not just gonna be to bring fish into a boat so that you can sell them. But here's what I have for you. I want you to go after men, women, and children, the lost family of God, and announce to them good news and bring them close to me. Bring them into the boat with me. Allow them to see and taste and feel the good news of the kingdom. And that's what you're going to be commissioned to do now. I don't want us to miss that. That's beautiful. These three calls, these three invitations, one to follow Jesus. Are you following Jesus? Do you follow Jesus as close as you follow your social media feed? I know a lot of us are dialed in trying to figure out the news. Do we spend as much time with the Savior as we do with our selected news channels? Do we spend as much time at the knees of a Savior like Peter did that we do on Netflix. We have to ask the question, who's informing our life? Jesus casts a beautiful vision for the good life, but we have to follow it. We can't just hear it, we have to obey. And secondly, are we following Jesus together? Uh, hear this fam, our identity as family means that we have responsibilities and an honor of being part of God's family. Are we living into that? Are we following Jesus alongside other sisters and brothers, enjoying uh, both the highs and then being present in the lows, announcing good news to each other, experiencing life alongside other believers? Is that what we're doing? Do our calendars reflect the priority of the family of God? 
And then are we following Jesus on his mission? And man, this one, this one's a kicker, right? So we have to ask, are we uh, asking Jesus to bless our best efforts, our dreams, our schemes, our ideas, our methods? Or are we on our knees praying, asking the spirit of the living God to move us and then following as he leads? That's the question for us. Are we following Jesus on his mission? Uh, author Chris Wright says that it's not so much that God has given the church a mission, but that God's mission has a church. That is, God has been doing something from creation, and he's got this redemptive arc that he'll be doing something through restoration. And he invites us to play our role in his story. And that's what we're talking about. Our identity in that story, our role in that story, is that we follow Jesus. I love it. Luke tells these stories of people starting to follow Jesus. And then in his second book, Acts, he writes, man, in my first book, I told you all that Jesus began to do. Now I'm going to tell you all that he continues to do. And this is the fourth thing that's not in this text, but it's in the book of Luke. And so discipleship is following Jesus together on Jesus's mission by the power of the Spirit. This is not something that we work up on our own. Luke is very clear. Jesus acts by the power of the Spirit. He depends on him. He needs him. He acts in line with how he is led. Even the Son of God is led by the Spirit of God. How much more so we as sons and daughters of God need to be led by the Spirit of God? Do we make space for that processing? Do we make space for that relationship? Do we make space for the Spirit to cultivate love up in our hearts so that we're able to effectively love our neighbors, love our God, love one another? Following Jesus together on Jesus' mission by the power of Jesus' Spirit, I can't wait to see what the Spirit of the living God does, not just through us, but in us as we live out this identity that we are disciples. Love you guys, miss you, and I'll see you soon.